Yo, yo, yo. Let's go. It's the Great Debate Show. Jarvis Jeffries, Terrence Smith, Nick Ely. We're back and in the building. Better than ever, baby. And um, it's the good guys. And we're here today on a Tuesday to talk about uh, basically, man, look, we got Debo Samuel and DK Metcalf. They got the bag over the weekend. Have to talk about that. Uh, Deshaun Watson, a little bit more news about that. Uh, what's going on with the suspension? Is is this the end or is there going to be an appeal or not uh, on either side? And uh, briefly talk about the NFC North. Give our predictions for that. We've already done the NFC East and we're just working our way over till we're done with the NFC. We still got the South and the West coming up before we get into the stacked, stacked deep AFC. Uh, so, uh, T, Nick, how y'all doing, man? Living life like it's golden. <laughs> That's hey, right. Hey, 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 doing good, man. Just, just had a great meal. I feel great. <laughs> that's that's what you need. <laughs> I can't stand y'all. Ladies and gentlemen, Nick Nick Ely is fasting for three days. He's on a what? What you call it again, Nick? A watermelon. Watermelon, yeah. Watermelon and watermelon. I had, and I had a cup of coffee this morning. And a cup of coffee this morning. Slow down on the caffeine, though. Uh, so he's Terrence is teasing him right now because he, um, you know, he he he's usually eating steaks around this time when we. When we, uh, when we get ready to podcast, he's eating or just eating a big steak. And he can't do that for the next couple of days. So um, that's just uh, T uh, messing with him. But uh, we got so much to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. And we want to start off, before we get into the NFC North, again, Deshaun Watson. We talked about that as well earlier today. And now uh, we said that uh, Deshaun Watson suspended six games. And he... Um, you know, like won't be back until week seven. He cannot practice until after week three. He can practice and play in the preseason, which I think he should because he's missed so much time. But other than that, we're just waiting on this three-day window on whether he will actually come back. I mean, on whether they'll appeal because the NFL and Roger Goodell want more games or if Deshaun Watson feels like he doesn't need any games um, or are they just going to both just, as Nick said, shut the hell up and just keep it moving and let's end this which one is going to happen we don't know but we just wanted to just bring that up again in case anybody missed the last episode guys Debo Samuel got paid and me and Nick are going to have a quick but yet good debate great debate here in a minute Debo got paid three years 71 and a half million something like that it can be up to 73 and a half uh interesting though there is a 1.95 million dollar incentive in that, as far as running and rushing touchdowns and yards, this guy said he didn't want to do that anymore. Why is it in the contract? Um, that's a big baffling. And DK Metcalf, before Debo, got a similar contract three years, about 75, 70, yeah, three years, 75. He pretty much got the full 25 per. Debo close to it uh, at 25. So, guys, your thoughts on both guys. Uh, and then, Nick, we can get into the Debo debate uh, in a minute on him being a true wide receiver, a true number one wide receiver. And does is does he deserve that money? DK definitely got it. So, you know, uh, guys, go ahead and get into it. You can start with DK first, I guess. What do you think about that? He's staying in Seattle. We don't know who's going to be throwing it to him, but he did get his money. 
Yeah, man. So, um, you know, DK, I mean, DK got what he deserved for sure. Um, you know, for me, he, he definitely has the, the physical build and, and the production uh, to warrant, you know, looking at him as a true number one. And uh, so, obviously, you know, Seattle being in a full rebuild, um, you know, that's at least something they kind of put a linchpin in and say, okay, we've got this position, you know, kind of tightened up. Um, Tyler Lock is still there, obviously, so those two can uh, get some more chemistry and kind of play well together. Um, it's going to be a matter of who's throwing the ball to him. You know, right now you're looking at Drew Locke and uh, what Geno Smith, I think, is also there. Um, and then uh, you know, the possibility that Seattle picks up Jimmy G uh, once, the, once the Niners, you know, find what they're looking for with him. And uh, so obviously, like that market's pretty much dried up with the exception of the potential of Seattle. Uh, you know, Carolina's got their solution. Uh, now with, you know, Deshaun Watson's uh, suspension being six games, it seems like Cleveland will probably be out of the running there. Um, so that really just leaves, you know, Seattle is the only, you know, legit option for Jimmy G to go to and the uh, only one that really makes a lot of sense. And it's something that, you know, if you look at it from that standpoint, could help to jumpstart Seattle's uh, Seattle's rebuild. You know, if Jimmy G goes there and plays well, you know, earns that number one spot and earns some confidence in the organization, then you could be looking at a situation where they say, okay, hey, we've got our, we got a franchise quarterback, we've got a, a number one wide receiver, and start building the team out around those guys. Um and so, uh, so you know, good for DK. I circle, I say, I say, circle back to say, you know, I think it's, a, I think it's a good deal, really, for both teams. I think DK was appropriately paid uh, for what he is and, and what he, what they're expecting him to be. Um, and I think it also gives them, you know, gives both sides flexibility to be able to get out of it uh, after a couple of years. Whether it's DK want to move on to, to somewhere else, um, or whether Seattle, for whatever reason, wants to move on from him. Yeah. The question that I have is. AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, and uh, Debo Samuel all got similar contracts. And AJ AJ Brown tweeted this this morning, but I just want I just wanted to ask you guys, why the hell did the Titans feel they had to trade them? Because huh. they're not very smart. <laughs> well, that's one way to look at it. <laughs> I don't disagree. I, I, I don't know what the other way to look at it is. Well, I mean, there is another way to look at it. I'm not saying I disagree with you. Um, Terrence, did you say you agree? I don't disagree with, with Nick at all. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Right, right. And, and, and I, again, I don't get it either. I don't know what's that about. I, I think they offered him maybe 20 per. I don't know. Maybe they were – I don't know how you beef about $5 million, But I, anyway, I don't know exactly what the number was, but it was a contract – that I think he kind of laughed at. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't AJ said they all basically got the same deal. I think AJ is just four years instead of three, but they basically got. The, I guess the same annual money. So what is it? Twenty five million a year. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying like the Titans offer. It seemed to be a little laughable to AJ Brown and his and his agent. And it seems like that that's maybe the reason why. That's maybe the reason why. Um, you know, he didn't accept, and he asked for a trade. Now, I don't know what that number was that the Titans offered, and I don't know why it wasn't enough, uh, whatever they offered. I think that maybe, and you got some coaches and general managers that look at it like this. They think that, hey, we're not ready to spend this type of money. We're trying to keep as much cap space as possible. Maybe it's for something else. I'm hearing that they're thinking about giving Derrick Henry another contract because he was kind of underpaid when he got it. Maybe they're going to try to get him another extension in. They're going to get ready to pay Jeffrey Simmons, uh, a, a, a young stud DT who was playing in a contract year coming up this year. I'm not making excuses for them. Uh, John Robinson has done a good job, though, as general manager in Tennessee. I think that uh, uh, Mike Vrabel has done a pretty good job since he's been the head coach there, even though 
I didn't think he should have gotten a head coaching job considering what he'd done as a D.C. in Houston. Uh, but with that all being said, they did draft his they did draft his replacement immediately. I don't know what he's going to turn out to be, but they did do that. The same thing Shanahan would have had to do had we traded Debo to the Jets. The only difference was Debo wanted out. And A.J., well, I don't think he wanted out until he saw or laughed at the numbers that they were offering him. I'm not sure. And, again, I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just saying that, um, hey, I don't know. It is what it is. That's what happened. Um, do I still got you guys? Um, or how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? Um, yeah, so basically the Titans, I don't know. The Tennessee Titans definitely could have done better. and um, But I guess they feel like, hey, they've got the replacement. And um, if they have the replacement, then they're going to be fine and they get to save the money and they can put the money elsewhere. Maybe they're thinking about getting a quarterback um, at some point down the road. Uh, Jimmy G's available, Tennessee, if you would like to try him. Uh, I'm not sure. But in the end, I'm, I do agree with you. I do agree with you guys because that's A.J. Brown. And you may not get another A.J. Brown. But what they did do is get a few draft picks and they still got the money. They still got the uh, uh, the, the, the the cap space. So um, let me let me um, see here. <sighs> yeah. So uh, basically, yeah, that's what we were saying. I lost these guys for a minute. I'm gonna get them back in. Um, but yeah, that was just to answer my question with the Tennessee Titans. I'm not sure exactly why they done that, but I'm thinking it was basically because uh, they wanted to get some draft picks and they wanted to save money. I'm not saying they don't think A.J. Brown was worthy of that money, but, uh, you know, maybe they're going to put it somewhere else, like I said. Um, maybe they're going to put it on them. Can we get Nick back in, T? Um, I'm just now seeing what's going on or whatever. Can you hear me, T? Yeah, I mean, I, I can hear you, Jarvis. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, that's right. I need to, I need to get rid of you. Hold on one second. Yep. There we go. Is this is this Let's see if this better. Excuse me. Uh we apologize for the technical difficulties here. Just trying to uh <clears throat> give some live footage as well on social media. We're YouTube live here at the Great Debate Show and um Let's see here. Is everybody good now? Do we got everybody back? Yeah, good. Yeah, good here. Okay. Yeah. when that man has clearly done nothing wrong but just try to get paid like all the other receivers. Because Tristan Kirk got overpaid does not mean you have to go and smear A.J. Brown's name. And I know that the conversation today wasn't really about him. I just wanted to bring it up because I don't like when teams do that. And drivers can tell you that for the length of the show, I have been pleading my case about why number one receivers 
segue uh, are very important because you look at Josh Allen's career, uh, his career took went to a completely different level when he got uh, Stephon Diggs over there. Yes, sir. So I, uh, I, I always plead the case of number one receivers because they get so overlooked. They're not as replaceable as you think because every team does not have one. Every team doesn't have one, and I guarantee you without even – with just a, a blind look, go look at the, the difference between the teams that have one or two and the teams that don't have one. Yep. It's a big difference. <clears throat> a huge difference. So, yeah, again, the Titans, hey, man, we'll see. Uh, they may make us all look foolish here, though. If Is it Trey Burks or Trey? Um, I don't know his name, but the guy from Arkansas, is it? The wide receiver, the rookie out of Arkansas is who the Titans uh, drafted? Traylon uh, Burks, I think it is. Tra- Traylon Burks. If he is a stud, though, we're going to be like, huh, well, maybe they did know what they were doing. Not sure right those now. Damn Titans, those damn Titans knew all along. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what, we would, that's what we would have to say. But, again, I think that they're trying to maybe give some more money to Derrick Henry. They got to pay uh, Jeffrey Simmons, the DT stud that they've got in the contract year. And they may have something up their sleeves. Um, hell, Debo was available. I thought Debo was going to be available for him. I didn't know what Debo was going to do, man. But, hey, look, it was all a story. Like I said, he's not going anywhere. He he didn't go anywhere. So, that that's that. All right? Um, trying to get this phone set up to where I can be on the Zoom, right? And, and keep you all in the mic here. Uh, having a hell of a time. But, uh, anyway, we're going to move on off of that. Debo got the bag. DK got the bag. Um, I, I'm sure once the Niners release Jimmy Garoppolo, because it's probably what they're going to have to do, then um, they're going to just sign Jimmy Garoppolo. I still think he could get uh, traded to the Texans, or the Texans would sign him if he gets released. I don't I don't know if they really believe in Davis Mills. A few people are telling me that he is legit. I ain't watched, so I can't say much. And um, I still won't count out the – I won't rule out the New York Giants because um, – oh, and I can never think of his damn name. Is it Brandon Jones? I mean, um, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. He's not that guy. But this is a make or break a year for him and uh, Saquon Barkley. So we'll see. I'm not ruling out the Miami Dolphins, even though Tua, I know he's got to step up and be the guy after all the stuff that Tyreek Hill has said. But uh, Jimmy Garoppolo knows that offense. Mike McDaniel, former offensive coordinator for the 49ers, bringing that system to Miami. A lot of speed, a familiar coach, a familiar running back. And Raheem Mostert, who's there in Miami in the backfield, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, that's the one team he could go to and just in the middle of the season or right before the season starts, like, I know this playbook. I, just give it to me. I, I got it. Uh, now, again, Tyreek Hill will probably be asking for a damn trade then if, if, he, if he has to worry about Jimmy Garoppolo, who cannot throw it deep, really. But uh, we'll see. Um, again, though, uh, Debo got the bag, and now that he's staying a Niner, me and Nick had a conversation earlier today on if Debo is a true number one wide receiver. Now, me as a Niner fan, um, you know, I, I, I know what I know, or at least I think I know what I know. Nick seems to think something a little bit different. I'm not sure exactly what that is. So, Nick, I'll let you explain. Um, I'm not mad that Debo got the money. I'm glad that he got it. Uh, I, just, I just was like, I don't care what happens anymore. If you want to go, go. You know, you got your hat, get your coat. You're not as good as I think you think you are. So, you know, hey, it is what it is. We'll we'll find a way to replace you. At that time, Julio was still available. OBJ is still available. And I think A.J. Green is still available. So I was just like, what the heck? Let's see what we can get from, for it, and we'll we'll get a veteran right now. I'm glad he's still there, though. I really am. And uh, But the longer they had it went on, he would have got hurt. 
he would have got hurt. The longer practice, the longer, the more days that went by that he missed practice, he would have gotten hurt. And something about the 49ers in the even years, we always just kind of go down and miss the playoffs. 2020 was like that. I hope 2022 is not like that. 2018 was like that. Jimmy Garoppolo went down. 2020, everybody went down. The odd years, 19, Super Bowl appearance. 21, NFC Championship appearance. So we'll see. But Shanahan needs to get back-to-back winning seasons in San Francisco. Uh, Nick, tell us what you think about Debo. What is he, and why do you think he did deserve every penny that he got? Oh, I absolutely think he deserved it. Um, I mean, just as a receiver, you know, I, I put him, if, if you're going if to take purely as his downfield route running in terms of my calling him receiver, because that's the thing about it, it, it gets a little different for some of the smaller guys that receive it. The last guy we saw really be, a, a you know, a true number one and arguably the best receiver in the league, you know, as a, as a really small receiver was Antonio Brown. Right. And before that, you know, probably Steve Smith in his prime. Um, and so, you know, the things are a little bit different for him, for them. And so because Debo is able to do the extra things that he can, then he, when you put those in combination, then you can try to call him a number one receiver. But if you look at it strictly for what he, for what he does in a more traditional receiver role, no, I, I would say he's probably a little bit short of that. Um, you know, but he's definitely one hell of a football player. You know, I, I think any team would be glad to have, have him. I certainly would have been glad to have him if y'all were going, if y'all were going to let him ride. Uh, <laughs> But you know, um, so that, that's just kind of my thing on you know, uh, when you, especially in the in the way that the game has changed these days, you know, even you know, I parallel almost to to Lamar Jackson conversation. You know, Lamar Jackson doesn't play quarterback the same way that everybody else plays quarterback, but he gets the job done. You know, he's he's not a guy that's gonna go out there and throw for five thousand yards and fifty touchdowns. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Matt Stafford. I think did that sometime you know once long ago. Um, but he is a guy that can that can go win you football games playing a quarterback position, and so Debo Samuel to me is kind of the same thing. You know, he, he's not necessarily a guy that can that can you know is going to go up over the top of guys and make catches. He's not. Uh, he is a guy that'll go attractive as long as he allows them to continue to use him for the total football player that he is. That he'll more than earn that contract. Okay. Well, I I, I agree with everything you just said. I do. Uh, again, is he a number one? A true number one? Um, damn you, Nick Ely. And I say that because I came here to say exactly what you just said. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> word for word, I had the Lamar Jackson analogy. I was walking into a store today, and the Lamar, when y'all were texting, I was like, hmm, the Lamar Jackson analogy just hit me. And then here you go, just stole my thunder. Damn mm-hmm. you, Nick Ely. Mm-hmm. That's why this food tasted so good. <laughs> 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 he got you. That's why I stole it, because I knew you were still thinking about it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Is he a true number one, guys? I, I think that, Jarvis, I think that sometimes certain players are so talented and so skilled yeah. that they redefine what a certain position can be and should be. Because earlier we were making the uh, comparisons to uh, Percy Harvin, but I think that Debo Nick, has the ability Nick to doing take that. that to a total. Yeah, I, was. I think yeah, I think Debo has the ability to uh, take that to a totally different level, and it's something that he can. I don't think Percy Harvin his trajectory. I don't think that he was going to be able to withstand that. My grains aside, I think that Percy Harvin, because of his stature, um, would not have more explosive. But I also think that he was a little more reckless with it. Debo is running people over with it. That's the difference I think between. Debo and Percy, 
Um, and I think that he can really change the position in a way that, you know, a lot of players haven't been able to. And also keep in mind, too, that when a defensive coordinator is, is, is playing the game for the week for the 49ers, probably on offense right now, the first thing they got to say is, hey, how are we going to stop Debo? Because he can get the ball in so many different places. Oh, yeah. So to me, so to me, oh, that makes you a number one. Now, hey, he ain't got the route running ability of Antonio Brown or Steve Smith or or even Julio Jones. Uh, but his playmaking ability, there ain't there aren't many more receivers in the league that can um uh make the plays that, that Debo Samuel can make. So to me that makes him a number one. Okay. All right. Uh well said. I I like it. Um I like how you broke that down. Uh and hey, hey, look, here's my thing. I think a true number one receiver, wide out, a true wide receiver, is basically a a player, uh, a, a player at wide receiver who's always out wide, lined up out wide. I think that that player has to have the ability to run routes and get open at all times, uh, no matter if it's a number two corner, a number th- a nickel corner, or a number one corner. And I don't always see Debo lining up where the number one corner is. I don't always see him running a lot of crisp NFL routes to get open. I see a lot of gadget plays. I see a lot of end rounds, a lot of jet sweeps, even him lining up in the backfield. Now, he done it a lot more last season because of the injuries sustained by some of the running backs, and I get it, but he asked for that. That's why I didn't understand why he was complaining about it at the end of the season. He just wanted the ball any type of way. So he could say that he wants to get the bag and then say, well, the same reasons why, you know, the same things that I did to get the bag, I don't want to continue to do it after I get the bag. So it was just for like, damn, Debo, what you going to do? Well, 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 let me ask you this, Jarvis. Okay. How many other receivers uh, can you do, can you put in Debo's spot and they have the same production that Debo just had? On our team? On how many, how many, how many number one wide receivers? Think there's another one on your team? Well, I don't know. No, I, just, I, I mean, just, I mean, just throughout, I mean, just throughout the league. Oh, okay. How many okay. people can you put in Debo Samuel's role and have the same production that Debo had? No, no, still not many. Of course not, not many at all. But uh, I mean, again, again, now um, we, it, uh, the way we block, uh, our style, our scheme, it, it's run first, and, and you know, like there's, I think we've already drafted somebody that can do the exact same thing he did that he's doing, uh, named Danny Gray. Watch out for him out of SMU, a rookie. But that's neither here nor there. I'm just saying that A.J. Brown is a true number one. Debo hasn't done those things. I see him run a, 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 a skinny post and a slant. That's it. That's all I see. And and it's all inside the hashes, not outside the hashes or deep or anything like that. He had six touchdowns receiving. He had eight touchdowns rushing. That says he does more running or he runs the ball better than he does. Now, when he gets the ball in his hand, he's dynamic regardless. And I'm not saying he's Percy Harvin. I'm just saying that, hey, man, he is a better version of him, and I need to see more now that he's gotten wide receiver money. Now, I didn't have a problem with him getting that contract if he was going to say he's still willing to be a wide back at some point in time. But the, it, the incentive is still in there, so I'm just like, you know, hey, look, man, I don't know. It is what it is. I'm glad we still have him, and he is a good receiver. He's still a damn good player. I'm just saying that when it comes to true number one, in the league and Debo he hasn't proven he can do that consistently and that's fine Kyle Shanahan is going to put him in the best position to win a game and that's it I'm just saying that it's a reason why he's doing that and if you go back and look at the Gamecock film when he was in South Carolina 
it was kind of the same thing. Uh, again, it is what it is, and I'm glad he's there. I'm glad he's staying, and I just hope he stays healthy this year, and I hope he continues to do what he does because when he gets the ball in his hand, he is phenomenal, and people make business decisions with him too, like he's a Derrick Henry or something. I'm just saying that it's the things that he – what can you do to get the ball in your hands? All the things that you need to do in order to get open to get the ball in your hands. And it seems like Kyle kind of does that for him. That's all I'm saying. Um, yeah, I see that. I don't know exactly how did that how that happened. Um, but yeah, Nick, that was that. That's it. Uh, again, another good one. Uh, we want to move on if we can get T back in here, and we we got to we got to do the NFC North predictions. Uh, how, who's gonna have the better season? A real quick, Nick, between Debo and DK. If it's Trey, and I know how you feel about Trey Lance, not very good at all. Throwing to Debo versus Drew Locke or Jimmy Garoppolo throwing to DK Metcalf. If it's Jimmy G throwing to DK, I'm I'm throwing the house on DK having a better season than than uh, Debo. I figured you would say that. Yeah, I figured you say that. Okay, uh, we will see. Keep in mind, DK Metcalf loves to go deep. Jimmy Garoppolo ain't the type to throw it. The, the, the my only my only caveat to that is. If, if is that if we're talking about purely receiving, if we're talking about everything that Debo's going to do on the field, then maybe things change a little bit just because you know there are ways you can get the ball to him without having to throw it to him down the field. Right. Hand right. it off to him. You know, just sweeps all that we talked about. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously, you know, he's a game changer from there. You know, and not to mention he can also be a punt returner for you, which is not something that DK Metcalf does. So if you look at him as an overall game, then there's a good chance that Debo has a better has a better season. Um, but strictly from a receiving standpoint, from you know passes thrown down the field, I don't see. It. Especially if, G, if Jimmy G throwing to DK, I definitely would put my money on him. I I just think that DK is more of a deep threat. He's more of a just a, you know run the nine. And I got you. He doesn't go across the middle as much as I would like to, even though he has the size and everything to do so. But he will have to. He'll have to do it a lot more with Jimmy Garoppolo as the quarterback. I think he's just more of a. I want to go deep, um, you know. I want to get over the top, and he can. But Jimmy Garoppolo can't deliver that. He won't be able to deliver that as much. Trey, well, I think he could do a little bit of both. Debo goes inside. Everything's about timing in the Niners' offense. He can make that throw. Maybe not quite as efficient as Jimmy off the bat, but he can make that throw. And when it comes to deep, he can do that as well. Now again, Debo is not the type that's going to kill you deep, but uh, with with Trey Lance. Uh, bringing eight in the box, which is what I think is coming, uh, once they get to seeing what he can do and what he's going to be doing in Shanahan's offense, they will stack that box. Um, we don't really have to continue the Zoom meeting, Nick, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, I can just okay. get you and T over. I'm pretty sure he's screen recorded enough of what he's going to do and uh, what we're yeah. going to put out. So we can go ahead and end that. And I'm coming back with the NFC North in just a brief moment here. Uh, we're going to talk about the Detroit Lions. The um, man, there's so many teams. Uh, the Detroit Lions, the uh, the uh, Minnesota Vikings, the Green Bay Packers, and the Chicago Bears. We're about to get into that. Uh, about to get into that NFC North football. Jared Goff in Detroit. How is he gonna be? How is he gonna fare? Uh, Kirk Cousins uh, now with a new head coach. How is that going to be? All of that remains to be seen. Is he going to be good? Aaron Rodgers with no more Devontae Adams. 
all of that is going to be very, very interesting. And uh, we're about to get into that right now. Just trying to get my guys back in here. And, uh, man, I, I got a prediction to make with the NFC North. And uh, I don't think the NFC North is going to be the way we're used to seeing it. Where, you know, like the NFC North had, uh, shoot, you know, like Green Bay winning the division every single year. We're about to tap into that right now. Nick and Terrence, I got both of you back right now. And we're diving right into the NFC North. Everything good over there? Okay. Well, we've got, you've got the Detroit Lions. You've got the Chicago Bears, the Vikings, and the Packers. Um, and I didn't mean that in any type of order when I said it. <laughs> you may as well. You may as well. <laughs> I, I, I know. I know, right? <laughs> but uh, it's pretty damn good ordering, actually. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let me let me go ahead and give my take then. Since Nick gave me the green light, I'll be brief. Um, I do think that the Detroit Lions. Actually, I'm not sure if the Detroit Lions will be at the bottom. The Chicago Bears actually may be the team that's at the bottom. But um, I want to say that I want to say that. Um, Whichever one of those are four, whichever one of those is three, it really doesn't matter to me. I think Justin Fields is in a bad situation over there in Chicago. I just didn't see the Chicago Bears do anything to uh, to help him out to get any better offensively. Um, I don't know who who is the Chicago Bears head coach now. Anybody know? Anybody know? Uh, again? The Chicago Bears head coach right now. Who is it? It's a. Uh... Is it still Matt Nagy? No, no, they fired Matt Nagy. No, Nagy's gone. Nagy. That's a good question. I'm not sure, but whoever it is, it, it's not a uh, Matt uh, Eberflus. Okay. Uh, do you know what? What? I'm sure he's an assistant coach from somewhere. Um, is he? Is he offensive? I'm sure he's an offensive coach as well. I'm not sure. Man, I don't know much about him at all. Yeah, me either. Uh, but ba basically, all I'm saying is that it's not a household name. It's nobody that I. Right, 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 right. It's nobody that I am just you know like high on and and saying that hey man, watch out. This is it. Justin it's, Fields is really about to get things clicking. He was a defensive coach. He was he was a defensive coach. He was uh, uh helping out with the Indianapolis Colts defense. Oh, so they hired another defensive coach. So they yep. went back defense. Yeah. Okay, so it was Vic, it was Vic Fangio defense, and then they fired him, and they went Matt Nagy offense, if I'm not mistaken. And then they went from Matt Nagy offense back to a defensive coach. But you have a quarterback that needs to be developed, I guess. Okay, good job, Chicago, whatever. I'm basically saying I'll have to say this. The Chicago Bears just don't do it for me. When I look at the roster on paper, it looks like they're still going to be a pretty bad team. I don't know. The Chicago Bears play the San Francisco 49ers in Chicago. Soldier Field, week one. We'll see what Justin Fields and Trey Lance is made of. We played the Bears last year, and it was actually a pretty competitive game until the end. And then the Niners got the dub. But uh, I don't know about this. I think the Niners are probably going to run away with that week one game. I think a lot of teams are going to run away from the Chicago Bears unless Justin Fields can show us that he is um, – who we thought he was uh, at, who we, at Ohio State. Played good competition and all of that. I don't know. But, again, the Detroit Lions or the Chicago Bears, I don't care which one you want at three or four, but I think they'll still be at the bottom half. Now, I got the Green Bay Packers at number two. 
And I know people are like, huh, what? Well, Devontae Adams is gone. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers, don't get me wrong. And I would love to see how he's going to perform without his number one receiver. Uh, he also lost Van uh, Scatlin, uh, Valdez, Valdez, Scatlin, however you say it. He's gone as well. Uh, I think he did. I think he does have uh, Randall Cobb back, but uh, that's Randall Cobb, man. If, what is this, his 20th year in the league? I don't know. It seems like it. Uh, I just don't think that um, the Green Bay Packers have enough offensively. The defense is still stout and solid, but how good will it be when they're on the field more? And I think they will be on the field a little bit more this season. I won't even be surprised with David Bakhtari or whatever um, – starting the season on the pup again. He only played one game last season, I believe. I don't know how decent this offensive line is for Aaron Rodgers, but I think he has to get back to scrambling around and moving more out of the pocket. And usually at when the quarterback has to do that at his age, it's probably going to be an injury. And Aaron Rodgers is about due for one. And I'm not wishing this on him or praying this on him. I'm just saying that I won't be surprised if they have a banged-up year and Green Bay. Matt LaFleur has had some great seasons since he's been there. Like, he's probably got about seven, eight losses. I don't even think he has double-digit losses in the in the first three years of his coaching there. It's been like three loss, three loss, four loss. He's had a very good start to his Green Bay coaching career. But I won't be surprised if the Packers are the second-best team in this, in this division. And if Aaron Rodgers goes down, they'll be, they'll be three or four. Now, my number one team in the NFC North is the Minnesota Vikings. And I'm saying that because the Minnesota Vikings could very, very much shock the world with, and I know Kirk Cousins is the quarterback, but you got a healthy Dalvin Cook coming back. <laughs> You've got Dalvin Cook coming back. You have, uh, you have, uh, 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 is it Kevin O'Donnell or however you pronounce it? The new head coach was offensive coordinator in Minnesota. Here's the thing that people won't talk about. The word is, reports out of Minnesota is that Mike Zimmer hated Kirk Cousins. And it had a lot to do with, uh, you know, the the connection or disconnection with those two guys. And, you know, they just didn't get along. They didn't see eye to eye. And, you know, like whether it was plays, game planning for the game on Sunday, film rooms, film sessions, they just always was kind of at each other's throat. And uh, he didn't like Kirk Cousins. So he's out, and he was a defensive guy. But now that you have this offensive head coach now who's taken over, I think that they really, really, really can flourish, and I think that they will blossom. And then on top of all of that, and I'll end it here, Justin Jefferson is pissed at his Madden overall rating. And he's he's pissed at something else about, um, I believe, whoever is going to be the top five or the top ten receivers. He didn't make any of the cuts, though. And this was probably like rookie of the year a few years back here. I think he is going to be. He said when the season over with, he will be a number one receiver. And I think he means that. I'm not saying he really will be number one statistically, but I think he's going to stand by that and he's going to do everything he can to put himself in that conversation. So watch out for Kirk Cousins throwing it to Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen still there, a healthy Dalvin Cook in the backfield. This offense is going to do some things. Watch out. Now the defense, will it be as good with Zimmer gone? Maybe, maybe not. He was always a conservative, you know, let's keep everything in front of us zone cover two guy anyway. I think that they could get a little bit more aggressive, though. You'll probably see more blitzing to help the secondary out. And I think they'll be all right. I got the Vikings winning the NFC North. I will let you guys have it. 
I don't know why or I'm hearing my echo. Can anybody hear that? Can y'all hear that as well? No. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I've got a little bit of an echo. Okay. I, I, that sounds terrible. I don't know what that is or what's going on. Uh, I hope I can get that straight or cleared up. But, guys, I'm going to let you have it, and I'm going to see how you all sound. I got the Vikings. It's a bold prediction again, and I know it could possibly be a long shot. But with with Aaron Rodgers had, being one one man down with his number one receiver, or, or one, you know, he doesn't have a number one receiver right now, I mean, I don't think it's out of the question. I don't think it's that bold, but I'll say bold. You, Terrence. Hey, I'm I'm gonna I, I think the NFC North, you know, I thought the NFC East was an easy division, but crap man, the NFC North is a lot easier. Um Detroit Lions remain one of the worst franchises I've ever even heard of. That won't change this year. They'll be at the bottom of the division. Um I do think that the Bears I don't think the Bears will be at the bottom. I do think that we will see a healthy progression from Justin Fields. The kid just has – he's just got too much talent. He's got to, there's got to be some kind of a progression. I don't know who the hell he's throwing the ball to, but I do think that we'll see progression in the, in the play of Justin Fields. Uh, I just want to give a shout-out to uh, Tariq Cohen, man. He got injured in the offseason after coming back from an injury, and I think he'll be out this year too. Uh, seems like he tore his Achilles, I think, during a workout, a live workout. Dang. Uh, so, shouts out to that guy, man. I always pick that guy on my fantasy, and, uh, you know, of course, I won't be picking him this year, but – just hoping for a good, a good, strong, speedy recovery. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking for. A, I don't think the Bears will be great. They might be close to 500, and that'll be solely because of Justin Fields. And we move on to the Vikings. Jarvis, I'm, I'm not that far off from you on the Vikings. I don't think they will overtake the Packers, but I do think they will at least make the division competitive. I could see them definitely getting 10 wins, maybe. Uh, because I just I just like Justin Jefferson that that much, uh, and they just they just have great players at every skill position, and who knows the uh, new head coach he maybe he'll him and Kirk Cousins can have a better on field relationship than yeah what apparently uh, Cousins and Zimmer had like that that is not totally far fetched to me I can absolutely see that happening, but at the end of the day I can't bet against Aaron Rodgers in, in that division if if he's healthy the whole season right. Right, yeah, I, I, and I understand that completely. I'm probably going to be wrong. I'm sure I'm going to be wrong, but Justin Jefferson. You might, you might not be. If, Justin, if you're not wrong, I can totally understand that. Right. I right. would even, I would even consider making a small wager on the Vikings winning that division because I know it's such a long shot. Yeah. But I just wouldn't make that with that much confidence. But I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Is what I'm saying. Right. Well, Justin Jefferson has a lot to do with my prediction there. That and a new coach and the connection, the chemistry that I think him and uh Kirk Cousins will have. But, yeah, I know it's hard to bet on Kirk Cousins to win any damn thing. Uh, and you're right. Aaron Rodgers, it's hard to bet against him unless it's the playoffs. But that's neither here nor there. Nick, your turn. I'm going to tell you all right now. First off, the Lions and the Bears can compete for bottom of the division. I don't know. <laughs> and there'll be a good competition. <laughs> it probably will be. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I, and, and I say that I want to see Justin Fields do well. And my dad gets on me about this. He feels like I'm hard. He feels like I'm like I'm like the regular media. Like I'm harder on black quarterback. But I just don't. He's just not there for me yet. Justin Fields hasn't done it for me yet. As much as I hate to say it, Jalen Hurts hasn't done it for me yet. And uh, uh, Trey Lance hasn't done it for me yet. I, I knew I wasn't gonna miss him. He hasn't and so, played. I, 
to be fair, Trey Lance hasn't really had a chance to do it. So just in a little bit that I've seen, he hasn't done it for me. The other guys actually, I've always had a little bit more of an opportunity to do it, and they just don't do it for me yet. Um, and so, you know, I mean, if he, if I'm wrong about it, then the Bears maybe could be a six, seven win team. If I'm right about it, they might be like a four win team. So, you know, the Bears and the Lions, whatever. Um, as far as the top of the division, I said it before and I'll say it again. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback I've ever seen play in my lifetime. Um, it's either him or Peyton Manning. And I would probably lean towards Aaron Rodgers just because of his versatility in terms of the different throwing platforms and, and different, you know, throws that he can make. Um, and so with that being said, until, unless you're telling me he's going to get hurt, uh, if he's going to play all 17 games, the Packers are going to win the division. And in fact, he might play 16 games because the 17 game might not matter, and so he may sit it out. But whichever way you want to look at it, if he's healthy the entire season, the Packers are going to win the division, and that's going to be the case until he retires. Okay. I mean, hey, man, I, I get it, and you're right. And, again, I'll say this. Aaron Rodgers is the best, has the best arm talent that I've ever witnessed, too, that I've ever seen since I've been watching football. And so I'm not arguing with any of that or debating it. I'm just saying that when you get done, as good as he is, <laughs> as great as he is, Aaron Rodgers is 0-4 in the postseason against the San Francisco 49ers. Aaron Rodgers has has one Super Bowl appearance. He has one Super Bowl. I mean, as, as much as I thought he was going to blow by Brett Favre as far as Super Bowl wins, he's still stuck on the same one that Brett Favre was stuck on and never got past it. So that's all I'm saying. Like, how many times are we going to praise him and he's not doing what he needs to do in January? And the debate that we had – and I'm not trying to start anything with you, Nick, but we were texting the other day and you were saying that Aaron Rodgers is this and he's that. And I said, I agree with all of that. But when you get done, he's still stat- stuffing or stuffing the stats. Yeah, and yeah, I'm saying that. You, cause, cause, hold on, because what you said was is that he doesn't really take risks. He doesn't. And that he stat pads the way that LeBron does. Yes. I, was, wait, I forgot we were supposed to have this conversation. And yeah. I'm so glad you said this. Because what I want you to understand what I want you to understand is that the reason you think Aaron Rodgers doesn't take risks oh, is Lord. because the throws that are risk oh, for 99.9% of every quarterback you've ever seen play football are just throws for Aaron Rodgers. He's just like, I can make that throw, so I'm going to do it. Nick, and what? then when I do it, it doesn't look like I did anything ridiculous. Nick, what throws, is he, what throws are he making anymore these days? Like, he's not dropping a lot of them in the bucket on deep plays anymore. He's he's throwing are out. Are you kidding me? No, are you kidding me? He throws that same old damn three-yard three, three yard out, real quick out to Devontae. He takes it up the field if he makes a man miss or whatever. He throws a few. Look, every now and then he still throws a dart. He still throws a, like, damn, man, you still got it. Don't get me wrong, but I'm saying, though, when the, when, when the money's on the line, he is not taking any chances. And don't make it seem like it looks like that because he's that good. He's not taking chances. When I say that, I mean he's not throwing the ball down the field. He is just methodically trying to pick his way to a field goal and get off the field and say, well, I didn't screw anything up. I didn't lose the game or blow it. That's why he doesn't make mistakes because he's not trying to make mistakes. He's not doing – he's not playing to win the game. He's playing not to lose the game. And that's what I'm seeing more and more and more. Now, anybody – if anybody tells me that they saw Aaron Rodgers in that playoff game – that one playoff game they played last year because they didn't play two because they went home the first game, which I predicted they would. My Niners went in there and beat them, and they did nothing offensively. They won by a special teams play and a field goal. 
and a few plays from Debo in the, out of the backfield. But what did Aaron Rodgers do? How could he not beat that? Was he really that's, that's trying cool. to? Was I, he really I, trying I, to he, win the game, or was he trying not to lose the game? Yeah, well, see, here's two things. First off, if if you go, I mean, if you were talking about one game, then fine. I'm no, talking I'm talking about name, every damn game that matters. I'm talking a, about every game. Player. I mean, that's why he's the two-time. The I'm talking about Is every he, game that ma- every game that matters the most. Not the regular season, not the MVP numbers, and I'm sick of that. Forget your MVPs, bro. Forget that. James Harden's got MVPs. LeBron's got MVPs. Get rings. Get chips. And that's what I'm more interested in. I don't care about MVPs. I'm not talking about that one game either. I'm just using that for an example. He does this every playoff damn near. Minus the Cowboy game. Minus the um, – because we know, we know he babies. He sons them. Them his sons, the Cowboys. But outside of that – Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no. No, I have not. Oh, no, I have not. I enjoy being petty about that one. I love Aaron Rodgers again, but I have to – start calling the facts. I have to start calling the spade a spade, Nick. I'm not going to keep praising him if he doesn't. For years, I argued with my cousins, my brother, and a lot of other fan uh, fans that watch the game like me on how great Aaron Rodgers is and how he's not Peyton Manning. He's better than Brady. It's starting to look like he is a Peyton Manning. He's not winning enough playoff games. He's not making enough Super Bowl appearances. I mean, at least get to the Super Bowl and lose. You can't even get there again. And if he plays the 49ers, you know it's over with because he hadn't beat this team yet. And that's the same damn team he said he was going to make regret not drafting him. Well, damn, if this is the, if this is some regret, <laughs> then come on, man. I mean, I'm just saying, other than the Cowboys, when he suns them, You've got the AFC Championship game in, uh, in Atlanta in 2016. You've got that 2015 NFC Championship game where they were up 16-0 and they still blew it against the Seahawks in Seattle. I mean, like, where was he at? Well, make a play. Just make a play. We see Brady do it every damn time. And I hate to use Brady in this because I refuse to call him the GOAT for a long time. And he's not as talented as Aaron Rodgers when it comes to arm, Nick. But I'm just saying, as good as Aaron Rodgers is, he's not making those throws when he needs to make them. He's trying not to lose the game. I don't see him trying to win the game. And this is a quarterback that I've said before, and Terrence can vouch for this. I've posted this many years ago, that he has the release of uh, Joe Montana. He has the arm strength of John Elway. He has the touch on the pass, or whatever you want to call it, as Montana and 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 uh, uh, Elway over the release of uh, Marino, I mean, and the strength of Elway, and he can scramble like Steve Young. He is all of those Hall of Fame quarterbacks rolled into one. But when you talk about winning the damn game, a playoff game, he hasn't done it. He's got one Super Bowl, and that's when he went to Philadelphia on a wild card game and won. And then he went inside the warm ass Georgia Dome and beat the Falcons. And then he hosted Jake Cutler and the Chicago Bears in the NFC Championship game. And Cutler got hurt and didn't come back. That's how he got to the Super Bowl. And yes, he did beat the Steelers. And that's it. He's done nothing else. I thought that he would have three or four Super Bowls after that. Like, man, he got a Super Bowl this early. He's going to kill Farm. He's going to pass him. He didn't do it. So this is me talking really from disappointment, not hate. And I'm done talking, Nick. I'm going to let you have the rest of it. We do got to get out of here in a minute. But I just wanted to state that I'm not hating on him. I love him. But damn, Aaron, come on, man. You got to do better than that. You got to do better. And I'm not just talking about against the Niners. I mean postseason period. Look at the record. And then you tell me about his throws. What they got to do with the record? So I don't. I don't think the record and the throws that he attempts are are necessarily correlated. So that, that's that's kind of where you lost me on there. Um, I, I I will say, like I said, 
the the statement that worked that riled me up was the statement that he doesn't take that he doesn't take chances. And so, uh, you know, going to going to I'm like, I'm like, hold on, like I I literally just went back and looked at throws that he made, at throws that he made, and um, yeah, and I bet they had a know, lead. Just, I bet they had a I'm lead, or I bet it went third down. I'm just listening. A lot of them were, yeah. That was the one he had against the Arizona Cardinals that he spun to uh, to, to Janice uh, in the in the end zone. Uh, there was one. I think it was one. There was another Hail Mary he had. I think against uh, the Lions. Uh, of course, he, he had a, uh, had a big game against a big comeback game against the Bears uh, when he got hurt. Uh, I think he hurt his knee like in the first half, and they put I don't know what kind of drugs in him. And, and the second half he had was just out of this world. Uh, I mean, even in the in the post game interview from that game, he he looked spaced out. Um, so you know, he, you know, he's definitely had the performance. that definitely has the throws, and definitely taking some chances. And, and but it's just with him because he does it so routinely. At this point, I agree with you that there is a disappointment when he doesn't get it done in the big games, but then by the in, in the biggest of games. But by the same token, there are so many uh, so many instances in games that may not be the pinnacle of where he is, you know, NFC Championship or whatever the case is, where he does make plays that I mean, just basically nobody else in history makes. Okay. Well, all I know is I've heard Green Bay Packer fans even say. And I, now again, I've heard Packer fans say that Brett Favre he just messed up too much. Aaron Rodgers isn't gonna mess up. But I've also heard Packer fans say, "Well, I know we hated on. I know we used to get sick of Brett Favre sometimes, but at least he tried to win the damn game. You know, he took chances." And Aaron Rodgers, they're saying that they don't think he takes the chances that's needed to be tucking in order to win some of these games. He is playing safe, not aggressive, just safe. That's what I see. Other than the Cowboy games in the playoffs. I don't. I don't think you can give me a good playoff moment to where it's like, oh yeah, Aaron did that there. And I remember the Arizona game; they lost that playoff game too, not once but twice. And I know both years you're talking about, '09 and '15. They still lost them both. And the Hail Mary, I remember that against Detroit. And that's regular season. You can't give me a lot of postseason moments where Aaron Rodgers has really gotten it done. And that's all I'm saying: get it done in the postseason, and screw the MVPs. Let's get some Super Bowl MVPs. How about that? That's right. just me. Yep. Okay. Well, I, I will say that this year, uh, I think that Aaron will have to take more chances because he doesn't have Devontae Adams over there. Yeah. And uh, for them to be as competitive as they want to be, you might see Aaron Rodgers with a few more picks this year because uh, nobody gets as damn open as Devontae Adams does. Well, I, I even predicted that he actually may get hurt because he's going to have to scramble a little bit more like he used to. But at his age now, eh, he better be careful, though. And the, he better the, make sure the downside to that, though, Jarvis, is that, you know, and I think this is also what makes Green Bay uh, better than the rest of the teams in the division is that they do have two good running backs that he can turn around and hand that ball off to and one that's damn good out of the backfield as a receiver. So I, um, that's true. I think that that might be – he might have to rely on that more, and that might that keep him upright. Yeah, you're right. I forget about the running game, and uh, they definitely still have a solid defense, and that's more reason because why. CJ Dillon, CJ Dillon is is a that's a big AJ, boy, man. AJ, yeah, yeah. AJ, yeah. I'm sorry. AJ, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're right. He is. He is. He's a I'm, man. I'm getting. I, hey, I just, I'm. I'm, I'm anointing him as Corey Dillon Jr., I guess. But uh, no, AJ Dillon. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, that's, that's a big boy, man. Yeah, big he boy. is. He is. Uh, look, they'd have a solid defense, and I guess that's more reason why I'm a little hard on, on Aaron Rodgers because for years I argued with people 
taken up for him saying that he didn't have a defense. He's never had a running game. He's always had a bust, you know, in the backfield, including Eddie Lacy. And I'm just like making excuses for him. And these were facts, though. Yeah. However, now he has a running game. He has a defense. So I'm disappointed because there's no reason, there's no excuses to be made. Just get it done. Pretty much get and it done. They're going to have a hell of a defense this year, too. They had one last year and the year before last. And they get yeah, and true. they and they still get smoked. And they get and, and especially when it's against the 49 we smoked them in 2019. You know what I'm saying? We didn't smoke them in 2021 and still beat them. Like how are you the best quarterback ever and you can't beat the 49ers who ain't done nothing? Jimmy Garoppolo might have had three completions the whole damn game and you still lost to him. Nah, man. I can't keep taking up for that. I just cannot keep doing it. I'm sorry. Uh but again, Devontae's gone. It's time to see what you're made of now, AR. Are you still that guy? I want to see it. And I'm sure he'll prove me wrong in the regular season. But what will you do in the postseason when it matters the most? And I'm so disappointed. Look at me. I'm taking Kirk Cousins to win the damn North. <laughs> That's how disappointed I am. Seriously. Yeah, I can't believe that either. I, I wouldn't take Kirk Cousins to Kirk win. Kirk Cousins is somewhere shocked. Hey, we, <laughs> might, we might gain a fan off that, though. <laughs> hey, hey. Go Vikes. Go Vikes. Uh, wherever you are. Right. <laughs> uh, and Mike Florio with NBC uh, NBC Pro Football Talk. I know he if he's hearing it, hey, I know he he love it. He doesn't like Kirk Cousins either, his damn self, though. But Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson, I'm I'm huge on those two. And with a new – Them boys with, bad now. Them, yeah, them two can ball. Yes, sir. And with a new offensive coach, I know I'm probably pushing it and overdoing it, but I'm giving them some credit now that Mike Zimmer, who couldn't stand his quarterback, is out of the way. Maybe this helps. Maybe this helps them do better. And I don't, I'm worried about their defense, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Aaron's going to have to move more, though. Like, he's not going to always have third and short now, running game or not. It's not always going to be third and short. Somebody's got to get open and make a play. He's going to have to bounce it out and scramble, and he's going to have to run for some of these first downs himself. Can he hold yeah, up for yeah, 17 that's, that's games? Where, that's where the difference is going to come in when it's third and seven, third and eight, and that's Devontae ain't over there. That's what I mean right there. And it's going to come, and we will see how he, you know, adjusts to that. We will see. And we're going to see what Mike LaFleur is really made of, It'll too. be Alan Lazard. It'll be fine. All right, we'll see. Mike, La <laughs> Mike LaFleur, we'll see what he's made of, too, now. Uh, all right, it's guys. Like it was Jordan Nelson for a while, you know. Well, that's what I was about to say, Nick. It was Jordan – before it was Devontae Adams, it was Jordan Nelson. Before it was Jordan Nelson, it was – Greg Jennings. Greg Jennings. And I think there was somebody else before – there was somebody else before Greg Jennings, right? Donald um, Driver. Donald Driver. Donald Driver. Donald Driver. I don't think it was another one. But what I'm saying – my point was that Aaron Rodgers – to, to to those receivers credit, give Green Bay credit for getting those guys in there. But Aaron Rodgers makes them better. Oh yeah, no doubt, um, no doubt. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see the the emergence of uh, Lazard. Uh, maybe he'll he'll step into that role because one thing that's been consistent in Aaron Rodgers' career is that he's had a good receiver over there, and some of that is because of Aaron Rodgers and the way he plays. Yeah, I agree, no doubt. And I, those are some of the reasons. Those are some of the the the, the, the things that I made up. Uh, a few years ago as well. But, look, let me ask y'all this. What if, after what you just said, T, and you're right, what if Devontae Adams really isn't a true number one? What if he struggles with Derek Carr and we say, we hey. Could, hey that, was, could, that, was, that could be a possibility. It was, it was all Aaron Rodgers. And some people are telling me Derek Carr is not far-fetched from Aaron Rodgers. Now, I, I give Derek Carr his props. We've all agreed now here recently that he is a top 10, probably somewhere at 10. But he is a top ten. He's a he's a tier one. I mean, he's a tier two. I would say, or close to tier one, knocking at the door. But if he 
if he if he and Devontae Adams doesn't connect like people think he will, then we have to go back and say that, hey, it really was Aaron Rodgers, just like with the other receivers. Because I know Greg Jennings didn't do a damn thing in Minnesota. And Jordy Nothing. Nelson only played maybe one year after he left Green Bay with the Raiders, and that was Raiders. a flop. Yeah, that was a flop. So is it possible that it was Aaron Rodgers so much that Devontae Adams and Derek Carr are a flop? I'm just asking. Is no, it, I don't see that. You don't see it? Okay. Nah, Devontae, Devontae is that. I, I will say that out of all those guys we named, Devontae Adams is clearly it's better than, than Jennings and Jordan Nelson. Okay. Devontae Adams, Devontae, as much as Aaron Rodgers made him good, Devontae Adams also has some some, some uh, dealings with Aaron Rodgers getting back-to-back MVPs. Right, right. And and, and and this is the reason why a lot of people are saying that Derek Carr – has always been pretty good for what he's been for what he's had to work with. Now that he's got a true number one in Devontae, and, and again, we'll find out if he really is a true number one or was it mostly Aaron. If he is, then sky's the limit and this guy's gonna take off because his numbers aren't bad. He has some pretty decent numbers. And I can recall just his rookie year, or maybe his second season, 2015, 2016 season. That's the uh, last time Derek Carr had a good season, really, as far as, like, not a good season, but the last time he had, I think, Amari Cooper and Crabtree on the same team uh, lined out wide. And they went to the postseason. But remember, Derek Carr got hurt right before the postseason. And and, yeah. and, and, and they, they were on, a, like, a 12-4 and four run. And then he got hurt. I think he might have broke his leg or something, ankle or something, and he was done. And they ended up having to go to the playoffs without him. And they might have lost the first game. Without him. I think they did. They lost to the Houston Texans first first right off the wham. And so we didn't get to see how that team was going to go, how it was going to be. Let's see what he's made of now that he has Devontae Adams. A lot of people think that that's all he needed. He's, he wasn't far from Aaron Rodgers anyway. Now that he's got one of his weapons, he's going to take it off the top. And, again, he has Darren yeah, Waller. They, yeah. that, that game was the backup bowl, right, because I think that's the same year that uh, Sean Watson tore his ACL. Uh, uh, so no, I don't know who was no. playing quarterback for the Texans. No, 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 no. Deshaun Watson hadn't got drafted yet. He was getting drafted okay. after that season. Yeah, it was Savage or somebody playing, I believe. And I guess it was Savage, yeah. Yeah, against whoever the backup was for the, for the Raiders at that time. And, yeah, it was terrible. And one of those Saturday wild card games in the AFC that was always terrible and uh, dreadful to watch. But, yeah, the Raiders couldn't even get past them, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, just – we didn't get to see what he could do. But that's the last time he really had a shot, I think, with some real talent outside. But this is way better with Darren Waller at tight end and Devontae Adams. Because Crabtree was a he was a good B, in my opinion, a good number two. And Amari Cooper, I've never thought was a true one, but he's always a damn good two. So he had two good Bs, in my opinion. And he did good with those two B pluses. And uh think what he can do with an A plus. Or two ways. Germans, on the next episode, we're going to discuss who you do, who you actually do think is a true number one receiver. Um, well, that's easy. I mean, true number one receivers. <laughs> that's it. Terrell Lawrence was a no, true number one. Saying, next time, we're going we're gonna to name him because I'm, I'm getting curious. Oh, you mean currently? In Jarvis' book. You mean currently? No, we'll save it, we'll but next time. Yeah, I mean, but you mean currently, though? Right. Okay, yeah, yeah, no problem. We can do it, no doubt. Definitely, definitely. But, I mean, I'm telling you now, just to give you a hint, it's pretty much like the Terrell Owens, the Randy Mosses, the Marvin Harrisons. Uh, those were the true number ones, you know, even though I I, I, I don't even want to talk about the the uh, Hall of Fame anymore because of Terrell Owens getting robbed, not getting in before Marvin Harrison, but I'm still not taking anything away from Harrison. Uh, but, yeah, 
those are true number ones to me and uh, people like that. There's not a lot of them this, these days in my book, though, Nick. But, yeah, we can do it later. I just think everything's so schematically designed now for these guys to get open. And it's just not what it was, man. We took it for granted. We didn't realize it back then because we thought we'd always see T.O.s and Mosses. But we don't, you know. Um, Megatron was about the last of a dying breed in that class. Uh, good, Julio, I, I forget about Julio. Um, who else you got? A.B., he was definitely a true one. That's that's it. It kind of ended there. Uh, right now, we just got a bunch of. I mean, y'all watching football? We really watch college football on Sundays. Oh, it, it, it's all good. We'll talk about it. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Well, I, well, I, I'll say this to uh, to kind of close us out. Um, you guys remember I, I've said this before, but I just wanted to, I just wanted to remind you guys that you know for for fan duel purposes, um, Antonio Brown signed with the Bucks. Bucks won a championship. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, Odell, Odell Beckham signed with the Rams. Rams won a championship. Ah, oh, we forgot to talk about that, man. Yeah. The, um, the 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 receiver that was that was out there this year was Julio Jones. He just yeah. signed with the Bucks. Jarvis, you were already on this saying that Tom Brady was going to win his A championship. So I'm I'm saying right now it might be time to go on and put your money on the Bucks. Uh, oh, yeah. That pattern of receivers signing with championship contenders. People always people overlook receivers. They want to trade them, but these guys will come in and make big differences on their teams. And I don't I don't know if that'll be any different this year with Julio. So hmm. I'm gonna have to put a couple of bucks on uh, on put a couple of bucks on the books. Hey man, <laughs> I find it real interesting you mentioned Julio Jones right after I talked to Jarvis about how he's gonna talk about who he classifies as number one receivers. So. Well, you know I classify him as one. <laughs> That's for damn sure. And he's still one. And watch how this man plays 17 games or close to it with yep. Tom Brady. Yeah, he, he is going to have his best season. Yeah, and he, ain't, and he ain't played we, more than We've seen this story before with Random Offs. Yeah, man. This is it, man. Oh, it's about to be crazy. Right, now, look, the people that put their money on Tampa Bay before Julio signed, they're the ones who are really going to cash in. But now you got to put in a look. You got to put up a little bit more money now to, 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 yeah. to, to get your – return of investment or whatever you want to call it to get more money to off that bet because hey the odds went sky high once julio got signed but yeah yeah we're gonna we're gonna leave it here guys but i've always said that if brady goes to a super bowl again he'll probably win it he was born on 8-3 it's almost 8-3 his birthday is gonna be coming up on wednesday and um 8-3 if he wins the super bowl he'll be 8-3 and in super bowls it's fitting you know not to get on my Jamatria-ish, but it, it is fitting for him to win this year. Um, but we're not giving our Super Bowl predictions just yet. We still got to run through the rest of these divisions. And, uh, yeah, we're going to do what we've done. NFC East, we've done NFC North. Speaking of Brady, we're going to do the NFC South next before we work our way out west. And then we're going to get to that stacked deep AFC. Can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. Uh, that's all I got, ladies and gentlemen. Terrence, Nick, anything you got to you gotta say, we, we got to get out of here. Uh, but another good show, a little long this time. We apologize, ladies and gentlemen, but still another good one nonetheless. What you guys got before we sign off? Rest in peace to Bill Russell, man. Like we said earlier, uh, like I said, sports world definitely lost the Giants. Uh, the the uh, the world in, in itself, sports or not, definitely lost the Giants. You know, just reading over some of the things that uh, people have put out, um, you know, in, in the wake of his passing in terms of uh, some of the things he went through. Uh, from a civil rights perspective and, and the, the leader that he was off the court uh, as well as on the court, uh, you know, that, that's somebody that, uh, you know, the world, you, you don't get a lot of those kind of people. 
And uh, so, you know, definitely rest in peace to him and condolences out to his, uh, his family and friends. That's right. Yeah, I want to second that. And, uh, and honestly, there's no need in me saying anything else about anybody uh, or anybody else. Let's give Bill Russell that time, man. Rest in peace to a, an, absolute, an absolute legend on and off the court. That's right. That's right. Respect. Yep. Again, our condolences to the late, great Bill Russell, man. And uh, it was another good show. And uh, we're out of here. The Great Debate Show, again, is available wherever you get your podcast. Spotify. Uh, uh, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Man, we are everywhere. Check us out. Start your day with us. The good guys here at The Great Debate Show. Terrence Smith, Nick Ely, myself, Jarvis Jeffries. Man, y'all be safe out there. We're signing off, and we will be back for another one on Thursday. Terrence is going to have SummerSlam recaps in Nashville. The Great Debate Show was live there. It was great. He had a great time. It was good. We're going to review that and Raw and Dynamite, uh, AEW. Uh, Some interesting news about Sasha Banks in WWE, her and Naomi. We'll give it all to you. And uh, shout out to Triple H. Shout out to Triple H. They call him Trip Dub now, uh, T. No, you didn't know that. Or not. <laughs> hey, I'm going with the William Regal, man. Triple H. Triple H. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> That's good, too. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> I saw Triple Dub today, and I kind of like that, too, because that was a big dub to get those girls, those women back. Seriously. Uh, all right. We're out of here. Everybody, please be safe out there. Until next time. Peace. Peace, guys. Get up.